Cheers, y'all. Hey, there's styling social justice in the bottom corner. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little radio program known not as Styling Social Justice, as it may apparently say in the corner. Is that it? Just, it? it just got switched. Yeah, okay, we're good. Good, good. That's a good show, by the way. So I don't want to like, I don't want to, you know, mess them up. Also coming out of the but, studio. But yeah, yeah, right. And they and they do a great show. So it's like, I don't, I don't want people to tune in thinking that's what they're getting, and then they get us. So if you're a big fan of just looking at the studio that we sit in, yes. and you want to see more of it, that's a good. Yeah, show that's to watch. A, uh, well, but, yeah. <laughs> plus, they, plus content. Yeah, you know. they they actually don't drink on their show, or at least as far as. That's I know. so weird. I know. I thought That's all shows were supposed strange. to do that. Right, right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. By BB Italia on Memorial in Houston. BB Lemon on Washington Ave and a brand new BB Creation. I don't know what they're calling the new place. Yet. Don't know Do yet. You? Yeah, but Jeremiah is all a Twitter. He's Yes, yeah, so he's very excited about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's yeah, going to be More a cool. Twitter than he usually is. Yes, he's usually... and he's usually pretty a Twitter. <laughs> is that a word, a Twitter? It is now. Uh, it is now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you would have thought, and I'm going to say this despite the fact that the critics will immediately jump know. on me about it. I don't do much it. thinking. Go ahead. You would have thought that someone would have stepped in and stopped us by now. That's madness. But no one has. And we are at show number 150. All right. 150. One, Here's five, our new slogan. Yeah. Still getting away with it. And still getting away with it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it works for me. And we have a special guest on today's show. Wayne Anderson is with us here. Wayne is the co-founder of Spirit Hound Distillers. We have tasted some Spirit yes. Hound on the show before. And I remember uh, meeting Wayne, actually, at... Uh, Chris Hart's um, Whiskey Social, Whiskey Social yeah, yeah. which, by the way, they've announced the next one. They moved it even earlier in the year. It's going to be in February it's be now. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm really that way when you're wearing that really jacket, excited. you're dying. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be really excited about it. And uh, uh, but you, uh, Spirit Hound guys, had a, had a booth there, and I remember tasting uh, some deliciousness while I was there. Well, so. we we got uh, we got introduced to him actually the show before. Yes. Uh, when Chris came on the show, we did it. I think at Stogie's. Yes, and he I brought a bottle. And he brought, of this, yes, uh, so and we were like, he didn't know anything about it. We were yet. like, we please introduce us to these people. Right, right, and, <laughs> and, and that's exactly uh, what it he turned did. Turned out it was great. Yeah. So Chris Hart's our buddy, even though no one cares about no him. No one cares about him. Uh, but he is our buddy, and we're thrilled to have. Uh, you know, thrilled to have that association. That was one of the better events I've ever been to as far as we, distilleries and, and small batch stuff. It's, we have, it's really well done. We have said this time and time again on the show, and Ian and I have been to a number of, you know, these different kind of, you know, spirit events and other. The Houston Whiskey Social is far and away the best one we have ever been to. Far yeah. and away. Like, hands down. Hands yeah, I've been down. around the country to several of these things, and that was Way above average, yeah, I, spectacular. I, Maybe the best one I've ever been could, to. Could not agree more. So, uh, so hats off to you, Chris. Yeah, I'll, I'll doff a uh, um, uh, a special hat that uh, that Wayne brought in for me. Oh, those uh, are nice. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Nice I brought one for you guys. Hat. I don't know if you were guys were hat guys or what, but 
You got one for each. That's you perfect. Like and you know, I got to tell you for around here, I know the ones that that, that are cloth all the way around have like a certain mm-hmm. look. Man, it is just too hot to wear too this. Too hot. Around. These well, ones with the mesh are. My I would favorite. tell you that I'm not necessarily a hat guy, but I am a bad hair guy, which like makes the, me a hat guy. I like the know? little stitching on the side. Yeah, there too. yeah, That's yeah. Very nice. Super done. classy looking. So right there. we're excited to be tasting some uh, spirits, some uh, whiskey from. Uh, from Spirit Hound Distillers, and we'll talk a little more with Wayne uh, about that coming up on the show and what the distillery is all about and a little bit of history. And uh, I do know that I was on your website and I saw this picture of John Elway there, like standing in your uh, standing in your distillery. Is that is it? Or I think or, you were smoking. Or, or is it some toasting. guy that looked like John Elway? It, I swear, I thought, Man, I thought, oh, they got John Elway. Wayne well, is so photogenic. And, and you're in, you're in Colorado. I, <laughs> I figured, let just like you know, John Elway. <laughs> I figured it was. A, no, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find the picture and show you. You can tell me who this guy is. He All looks right. like, looks like John Elway, and he's smiling and holding a bottle of whiskey. So I thought, <laughs> go John Elway. Um, he's not in training anymore. He can enjoy some, uh, right. some good spirits. So, uh, so show number 150. We decided not to do. You know, any sort of a big to-do about 150, but we are already beginning to plan for 200. Halfway to 200. 100 was such a big deal. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And so we'll, we'll have to top that for 200. So I decided maybe we'd better not, you know, spend any we're of our need, ammunition like, on we're 150. We're going to need a circus tent to top uh, episode <laughs> That's 100. A great idea. Circus tent. I <laughs> and like a bounce it. house. Write that down, somebody. In a bounce house. <laughs> See, you're the genius of the show. That's what I keep trying to tell you. Uh, we have uh, some interesting things to talk about on today's program. Um, strike this city off your list of, of places you ever want to live or go to and spend any of your hard-earned money. Dayton, Ohio. Now, the good thing is this city wasn't on my list of places I wanted right, to live. Right, I was not or go to and go spend there. any of my hard-earned money. But Dayton, Ohio, bad news out of Dayton. I will share that with you. Uh, plus, uh, from Cigar Aficionado, 23 cigars that are smoking exceptionally well Right now, right now, we teased this last week, and we'll get back <laughs> right. to you on uh, on that. And uh, you know those expensive patrons that you enjoy? Yeah, yeah, they're about to get more expensive. Oh man! So yeah, I know this is not good news. So we'll share that uh, coming up. And another one bites the dust. AB Anheuser Busch, AB InBev has bought another craft brewery. Oh no! Yeah, so we'll we'll share that. It's with not you. like so, one of my sound favorites. Like a lot, is it? Sound like a lot of bad news on the show today, but we'll you know we'll we'll get through it. We'll we have we have Spirit Hound whiskey and we have some amazing beers to taste. In fact, uh, we'll be tasting in upcoming segments on the program. Uh, Eighth Wonder from right here in Houston, mm-hmm. Texas. They do this very interesting series that they do with different Houston hip hop artists. And we'll be tasting their People's Champ Crystal Weizen, which is a collaboration with Paul Wall. Nice. So that should be that should be really well. They had their their uh, their Screwston one. Yes, which was a tribute to the the chopped and screwed. Yes, thing, yeah. Right. They they've done a whole bunch of these now, and they're all very interesting because they're not necessarily your typical. It's not like an IPA or a stout or a porter. Like they they've really gone into some more unusual beer styles. And, and it's Haterade. Been, yeah, yeah. But Haterade's great. Yeah. Um, one of my you know I I have a lot of favorite breweries. But this one is by far has my favorite brewery name. We'll be tasting a beer today, and this is not the first time we've done this, but I, I just love doing it again so we can get to say the brewery name is Hoof Hearted. Hoof Hearted. Hoof Hearted, yes. Uh, they are out of Columbus, Ohio, uh, which proves that there is something interesting going on in Columbus. That's way funnier when you <laughs> yeah. say it out loud than it when is, you read it. Then when you read it, yes. Uh, they have an IPA, uh, I'm sorry, a pale ale we'll be tasting, a double dry, a double dry hopped pale ale that's called. 
thanks for letting us play tonight. Nice. So we'll explain that. And uh, then we return with our second tasting from the San Marcos, California uh, a brewery known as the Lost Abbey. And the I first love one was all of their beers amazing. Yes. Ever. Uh, we'll be tasting Ghosts in the Forest today. It's mm. an oak aged wild ale with guava. So, so a lot of exciting things going on on the show uh, today. And it's been, uh, you know, another crazy week for me. I assume it has been for you, but I'm hoping that you had a chance to enjoy something interesting to smoke this week. Well, I was, you know, uh, it's been a crazy week. I've been working a bit, and um, I was running out of time this morning, so I didn't make it over to Casa de Monte Cristo like I normally do. I know. I went I, by to smoke with you, and you weren't there. I'm not kidding. <laughs> the first time <laughs> I ever. know. I know. I, I, I pulled up. I go, well, I don't see his truck. Maybe he parked around the corner. I go in. I ordered a cigar. I lit it up. I walked through every room. Nope. No Ian. No, wasn't there. Yeah, no, I, uh, I did have time to make it out to my backyard. The service is not as good, and the air conditioning sucks. But. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. But uh, but no, I sat down and enjoyed uh, a cigar that I got. Remember the uh, Maduro cigar cruise that we went on? Yes. Um, so uh, my wife bought me um, a couple boxes of cigars while we were there. I remember that, yeah. And one of them was the Gomez Sanchez uh, Landa Number no. 2 from McAuliffe Cigars. From McAuliffe Cigars, yes. And uh, they were beautiful. It's a box of 10, and yep. they're in, the, uh, in these little coffins. Uh, hopefully they're putting a picture up right now. Not seeing the uh, you actually video right gave now. me one of these, but awesome. it's still it's still in my humidor. Yeah, those okay. So so they're beautiful. First off, oh, the appearance man. is gorgeous. They come in that beautiful. This is a five by fifty two Figurado. They come in that beautiful coffin. The cigar itself is a medium brown, medium firmness, uh, very smooth uh, with mm-hmm. very few veins. Uh, just just a beautiful beautiful cigar. Um, a nice feel to it as well. Uh, I did the pre light sniff on it. I didn't get a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of. Um, a whole lot on the nose. I got a little you earthy would think smell. Maybe being in that. Well, it's very cedary smelling. That you get some cedar at least. Yeah. yeah. So like the the cedar was obvious. Uh, I got a little earthy, kind of rich, uh, some leathery smells on a pre light sniff, which was oddly misleading. I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, the pre light draw was pepper and cedar and sweet and uh, nutty. Mm-hmm. It just had all these little uh, flavors going through. And I used a, a clipper obviously because uh, on that figurado you can't uh, do a punch, which I usually do. The initial light was smooth, like it was super smooth, with just a little bit of like creamy, uh, like uh, creaminess, like toast and um, and a little bit of pepper in there, just just enough to spice it on the tail mm-hmm, end of mm-hmm. it. It was really really nice. The first third of this cigar, rich and creamy toast, uh, nutty, a little bit of cappuccino flavors, solid ash, perfect burn. This thing was awesome right from the start they make great cigars yeah well the second third of this toasty cappuccino cedar the pepper in it got a little sweet almost like a sweet peppery kind of flavor Mm. which was i thought was interesting um it turned into like a a very solid medium body cigar i thought it was a little on the lighter side when i first lit it but it turned into a very uh, medium body cigar solid ash perfect burn nice the last third of the cigar pepper ramps up uh, cedar ramps up a little bit. The cappuccino finish on the aftertaste was absolutely fantastic. Solid ash, perfect burn. This cigar was about $120 for a box of 10. So it puts it at about a $12 cigar uh, if you, you buy it. Even I can do the yeah, math on that one. That way, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that one's pretty easy, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, at, that, uh, at that price point, uh, I'm going to give this a 7. This wow. This is so good. And, wow. And i got to tell you, I bought a box of 10. I've given a couple away, and I'm down to three. Well, I have one. So if one. that says anything about how much I like these. I have one. 
So if you want it back, we can talk. I mean, but it'll it'll cost. <laughs> it'll, cost you. it'll cost. I want to hear your review on it. Well, actually. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'll I'll do that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, at some point in time, I'd love yet. to know what you think of it. Yeah, this was just so. this is one of those cigars where if you're uh, where if you're kind of a beginner in the cigars, you want to try something really really nice. Mm-hmm. This is right in the wheelhouse. It's not too. It's big. a medium, but it's not super spicy. It's got great great flavor. It's it heralds back to kind of like some of the Cuban flavors that are very signature. That mm-hmm. uh, the tobaccos in it are all aged uh, five to ten years. The uh, the cigar itself, once it's it's hand rolled, then put it in a coffin. And then it's aged for yet another year before they release it. Wow. So they really, really spent a lot of time on this cigar. And it shows in a final product. It tastes so nice and smooth and like it's been aged in the humidor and everything else. When uh, our, our price-to-quality scale that we do for cigars is a little bit different, so we like to explain it. Um, basically, it's a 1 to 10 scale. But if, a, if we say that we're going to rate a, a cigar a 5, a 5 means you got exactly what you paid for. So if it's a a six dollar cigar, and it smokes like this was totally worth six dollars, glad I didn't pay seven or eight for it. That would be a five. Mm-hmm. If it gets less than a five, it means you feel like you didn't quite get what we paid for. If a cigar is a seven, I mean that's a that's a huge rating. It's an especially huge rating. When it's a twelve dollars cigar, I, yeah. you know, if I'd have paid sixteen dollars for the cigar, I wouldn't have bad you, night. You wouldn't have been disappointed. Have thought yeah. twice about it. So, so it'd have been a five at sixteen dollars. At, at least, yeah, at least. I mean, sixteen, eighteen dollars wouldn't have bad night. I've had cigars that are in that that super premium range right there that aren't as good as this. So there you go. You know, there you go. Well, I had something interesting this week. I finally uh, got a chance to smoke uh, the Punch Diablo, uh, and the Diablo. This is the scamp size. For some reason, they. They felt it necessary instead of just naming it Toro or Robusto. They wanted to name it something else. So they named it Scamp. Well, that which sounds t- t- tells you and, nothing. And yes, fun. yeah, frivolous and fun. Uh, but this was, uh, and I was excited to try and smoke it because this was the first Punch cigar smoked, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, produced outside the Punch factory in Honduras. It's kind of a rugged looking cigar, very dark wrapper leaf, as you can see from the picture. A bit, a bit veiny, so it wasn't necessarily because some of the punch cigars are just absolutely smooth and beautiful. Right. This is a little more. They, they use the word rustic in a lot of uh, uh, of cigars. I love the color on it; it's almost black. Oh, it's, it's, it's just yeah, it's dark, gorgeous, dark yeah. color. Looks different from any other punch that mm-hmm. uh, that I've ever smoked. But I was excited about smoking it because. Uh, and this is just so I, predictable. Can, can I guess? Yes, you can. Is it a Fernandez blend? It is an AJ Fernandez <laughs> blend. I, I'm an unabashed AJ Fernandez fanboy. You're totally. Just, he's just everything that he has done, with very few exceptions. I've been really, really excited about. Just, so, just, a, just an aside on news. Side note here uh, mm-hmm. on news is we don't hear a lot about recently about AJ Fernandez cigars. Uh, like his own brand, his own, right. he's just blending he's with been everybody so else busy right blending now for everybody else and yeah. killing it. Like mm-hmm. he's just all over the place, and every I had cigar his name of, is on. Is, I had another one, another one of those uh, Trinidad's this yeah. week. That Esp- Espiritu, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Man, that's that may be one of his best blends yet. It's just yeah, fantastic. his name just his name's just like gold on, on the, cigars right now. The Punch Diablo uh, uses an Ecuadorian Sumatra Oscuro wrapper, mm-hmm. so that's why it's so dark. Uh, a Connecticut broadleaf binder. So a lot of times that'll be used as wrapper yeah, tobacco. Wrapper In this case, it's that. it's used as a binder. And fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua. Uh, the pre-light was very chocolatey, some leather. Uh, once I lit it, it started to immediately give me 
kind of toasty, uh, woody flavors, even a little bit of a floral characteristic, oh, nice. which, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, as it smoked, the wood characteristics remained, although uh, I, I have to stress it wasn't that sort of charred, sort of deep oaky kind of wood. This was almost more like wood shavings, like mm-hmm. like uh, like a sawdust, uh, like a sawdust like, yeah, yeah. kind of a uh, kind of a but in, in a not, very pleasant, yeah, way. not unpleasant at all. Uh, but it was that I don't know, sort of sweeter wood sort of vibe, I guess, instead of being smoky. Um, I did pick up some uh, light pepper notes as it smoked. The cigar was medium to full. Uh, nice mouthfeel to the smoke, just complex enough to keep me interested all the way through. Uh, construction was perfect. Uh, it burned pretty much flawlessly all the way down. In fact, you can see in some of these pictures like how straight that burn mm-hmm. is. I didn't touch this up once. I mean, just beautiful burn all the way down. Um, it was uh, it, it also interesting about this was how slowly it burned. I had time, but be forewarned, it can be a little deceptive. I mean, this cigar can take you uh, an hour and a half or so well, to the, smoke. Well, the, so. the, the ones that have the higher uh, Maduro content in there, like the MX2s from yeah. CAO and the triple Maduros and things like that, they always burn way Why, long. And I had a feeling maybe it was because of that binder being the Connecticut Broadleaf, because that's a slower burning right. uh, tobacco. But uh, in any case, I loved that it took <laughs> that it took a while, and it was great. And uh, overall, I liked it to, a lot. It's a 6 to $7 cigar, so uh, 5.5 is what I would give it. I didn't like it quite as much. As some of the eight nine dollar AJ stuff that I had smoked, which would keep me from you know maybe rating it a little higher, but at six to seven dollars, yeah, you totally talked me into hard, picking up a handful. Hard to go wrong with the Punch Diablo, so really, really good. I mean, that's stuff, almost so. at like the lawnmower cigar price range. It really know? is, and and if you and figure if it's that good, if you figure it's that, I mean, if you start thinking of it in terms of that. You know that's probably too low of a rating. I probably should have uh, sh- <laughs> should have rated it higher uh, because it was really really good and I enjoyed it. And uh, I've got a couple more, so I'll bring you one. Awesome. So uh, at least I can do since I have the twelve dollar coffin. So yeah, I actually, I did you. the math. It is the very least you can do. Okay, good. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I wasn't overdoing <laughs> it. So, <laughs> right. All right, we're going to take a break and come back for our next uh, segment. Really excited about tasting some uh, Spirit Hound uh, whiskeys. You, you, I know you guys do a number of different spirits, but this is all whiskey today, right? Yes, sir. That's uh, three different expressions of our whiskey. Very excited about that, and we'll get into the uh, beers as well. The uh, Eighth Wonder People's Champ collaboration with Paul. Wall, so I'm hoping there's no, uh, you know, like extra grill work in the can or anything, because <laughs> that's all you can think of when you think it, Paul it Wall is, is that, that, that and his music and the grill. Like. That's that's it. So, all right, so we'll be right back with our next segment. It's smoking and toasting show number 150. We are so glad you're watching. What up, Alan Diddy? Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Show number one hundred and fifty is uh, is here finally, and we are uh, uh, we're very excited. Wayne Anderson, the co-founder of Spirit Hound Distillers, uh, is with us. We're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. By BB Italia on Memorial uh, in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave. And you know when when they started when they first started sponsoring us, it was much easier to just say. You know, BB, uh, yeah, BB Butchers. I know. And, uh, restaurant they're, on Washington. They're growing like crazy. But then they put in Fort Worth and all these other. Yeah. It's great. They're growing like crazy. Love to see that. Uh, you know what else is growing like crazy is the quote unquote craft beer department at Anheuser Busch. 
they bought our local uh, brewery, Carbach, uh, as a part of their um, you know early big spending streak. Goose Island was the first. Yeah, Goose Island was the first, and then they bought a number of other breweries, including, uh, I think, it looked like maybe they were done when they bought Wicked Weed, which is, was about a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they have uh, gone out and purchased another one, one of the fastest growing craft breweries in the country, actually, Platform Brewing out of Ohio. They have tap rooms in Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Columbus, a 60-barrel production brewery in Cleveland, and they were the fastest-growing regional brewery in that area in 2017. Yeah, yeah. So, so. they were like Carbach here in Houston. Yeah, so, right, because Carbach was growing super fast. Yeah, super fast. Yeah, they were growing super fast, doing a really great job, and now uh, and now they are growing. Um, they're continuing to grow because AB's got them, you know, in all the grocery stores and a lot of the convenience stores and and on a lot of taps and stuff because they have a lot of muscle to be able to pull that stuff off. Yeah, my HEB has pretty like, much every Carbach, right? Every Carbach ever, and then like two or three shelves mm-hmm. with just a couple other things. See, you got to shop it's, somewhere it's besides really, HEB, my friend. Well, it's not. Yeah. HEB is just my HEBs yeah. like that. And whoever's in charge of my HEB's beer department is a terrible person. Yeah, well, uh, I understand that. Uh, it, it happens. Um, but there is, you know, there is uh, obviously something to be said for these breweries for, you know, being able to do things like, you know, offer 401k and health insurance to their employees. But it does take us away, as we've talked so many times before, from the idea of independent. And, um, you know, when when you ultimately can find these companies' beer being brewed all over the country in the same tanks as Budweiser and Bud Light. And, mm-hmm. and so there's, you know, there's just a lot of concern among people who are fiercely and proudly independent. Well, that this, you know, just, this doesn't bode well for the future of the craft Just for the industry. local side, Carbach made a lot of beers that I liked. Um, and then when they got bought out, they killed the my favorite beer that they had. Mm-hmm. And, and since then, the only beer that I really, really enjoy from them anymore... There's a couple that are okay, but the only beer that I really enjoy is that conf- conservation ale we have. Yes, the, the conservation ale is good. I still time. enjoy Love Street. I, I think that's Love's, a good beer. Love Street's pretty yeah. solid, but and I like their I like their Big and Bright. Although I don't like it as much as I did when they introduced it before yeah. they were uh, bought by AB. And I've been told I don't know if this is true, but I'm, I've been told that AB told them, "Don't use so much grapefruit." I, I can't imagine AB being. Uh, a controlling being heavy-handed. Over. Oh no, I'm sure. I'm sure it doesn't happen. So, uh, speaking of beers from Houston, which is where we're located, we're all over the world, but we're located in Houston. And there we go. Oh, there it is. High tech sound effects. But listen, nobody does it as well as our guest last week did. That dude. What was up with that? Uh, he like, he had the greatest opened, bottle like, and can opening. It was, it was beautiful. It was amazing. It was beautiful. We should actually just go back. Record those sound just effects, those sample sound them, effects, and just use right, those right. instead of uh, instead of this. But I think the, I think what it was. I think uh, uh, Adam had the compression up a little bit. Maybe so I don't know. Give a little I don't know. So I've just opened up the People's Champ Crystalvisen uh, from Eighth Wonder Brewery, located here in Houston. It's a four point nine percent, and Paul Wall, the Paul uh, Wall, the rapper, is uh, is has collaborated with them on this. Do we have that? I know uh, we had it up for a moment earlier, but that uh, photo of Paul Wall's grill because Paul is. Not only known for you know being a, a a bit of a hip hop genius, he's also known for his grills, which he makes and sells. Not only does he you can't miss this wear guy, them, right? Yeah, no. If, he, <laughs> if, if if you're at a show and you're like, which one of these guys is Paul Wall? Oh, that guy. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so they've collaborated with a number of Houston hip hoppers, and this is the Crystal Bison with Paul Wall. And I I'm very his, curious his girl to see how says this Paul Wall does. It? Does it actually say Paul? I think Wall? it does. Yeah. yeah, he's by the way. I've met him. He's a super nice guy. Super nice guy. Like him a lot. Um, so, Ian, tell me uh, what you get on the nose of the Crystal Bison. I get exactly what I expected. By the way, uh, it's got just a. Little bit of that sort of hefeweizen sort of uh, yeah, it's got a little banana to sweetness mm-hmm. to it. It's got um, mm. wow. You think it has bananas on the nose? Wait till you taste this. Oh yeah, that is a banana bomb. Yes, it is. Uh, there's probably as much banana in this as anything that I've had. Yeah, and hefeweizens are are very heavy on the banana mm-hmm. flavor. Very yeah, heavy. this is this is very interesting. This may be one of my favorites of of this style. Banana sickle. Banana sickle, yes, like a banana cream. Uh, There's a, an interesting a, 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 on, on the retro hail with this. You know, if you take mm-hmm. a sip and you let it swim around your mouth and you breathe gently out of your nose, you get a little bit of a spice thing going on, almost like a apples and cinnamon kind of Which, fruity spice kind of going what, on. This is a very could be, fruity. Beer. What could be better with bananas? Right, you know? right, yeah. I mean, that's maybe strawberries. would be about it. Mm. It's it's very uh, very interesting. This is very drinkable. Too. It's, I was just about to say very refreshing. It's got enough uh, uh, cleanness to it that it really uh, really. It doesn't goes have any like hefeweizens can sometimes have that um, that lingering um, uh, uh, kind of a cloying or a little funk. Yes, kind of I know to what you're it. talking Not about. Not in a bad way, but Th- it, but this, this has almost zero funk. This is yeah. like the it's like the uh, uh, hops in it. Yeah, have canceled that almost perfectly. When I show um, that to the, yeah, we don't yeah, have we, it up we don't have Mr. Twirly gig operating today, so you'll have to do that yeah, manually. Yeah. So, yeah, very nice, very I nice. Do this with my fingers. I don't even know if you're in focus. Are you in focus? Yeah, there we Did go. Did you notice that I somehow split the difference between mine and Wayne's face and have you, it perfectly? You know, you're you're just talented like that. There's a reason. You know, there's a reason that uh, I can't help it. that you do this. It, uh, <laughs> uh, I think this is delicious. I will absolutely be buying more of this. <laughs> I do love the picture of Paul. Yeah, of Paul. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Like that's so good. Very awesome. very impressive. This is good. I'll be buying this. Uh I nice Crystal Weissen is an mm-hmm. interesting name. Yes. My uh, and it, you know, it, like it's it's crystal like crystal almost and it does have almost a champagne bubbliness to mm-hmm. it that Yeah. My wife came home with this in a uh you know, one of those mixed six packs uh-huh. she likes to make for me at the grocery store. She loves to see if she can like fine beers that I haven't had before. That's pretty cool. And it's always cool. She when she brings it home, we put the rest of the groceries away, and then we do what I call the unveiling, which is when I pull them out. So of you the, know what's uh, you know what's cool pack. about that because I've tried to do like the um, the uh, uh, like the mix six myself, but the problem is I know a lot about beer and I get a little prejudiced about it. So I'm like, nah, I won't try that. I don't want to try that. I don't, you know, and then you end up with a six pack of stuff that you've probably already had or yes, that you're right. almost guaranteed that you're gonna like. <laughs> You're like, ooh, they have stone. Boom, you know, yeah, you know? exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I get it. Well, so yeah, you you have that 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 second influence in there makes a big difference. Well, this is uh, this is quite good, and like I said, I will be buying more of this. this How are you is, feeling about this one, Wayne? Uh, it's delicious, uh, nice and clean, a uh, little fruity notes, very refreshing. Mm. It's a great summertime beer. One of the things I've noticed the when heat we, in Houston, perfect. When we've had guests on uh, the show that are from uh, whiskey uh, companies. They tend to have palettes that identify um, the flavors in beer very well uh, as well. I don't know if it's you know from the um, you know from getting used to tasting whiskeys, you're getting used to you know figuring out different flavors and different uh, aromas and stuff. But uh, uh, but yeah, we, we usually usually the whiskey guys enjoy the beers a lot as well. No, our guys, I can tell you, our guys back home watching, they um, they'll take 
beer. They'll take alcohol, different whiskeys, uh, competitors' whiskeys, uh, all kinds of different beers, and just spend hours picking it apart and really picking up all the different notes and really breaking it down. It's, they're really into it, so it's good. Um, tell us a little bit about Spirit Hound, the distillery. When did you guys start? So we founded Spirit Hound in 2011, bought our building, and started the process of um, getting our federal license. That took about a year. So we started mm-hmm. actually distilling in uh, 2012. Okay. Uh, the, the passion project to get the whole place going was the desire to make this straight malt whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of evolved from there. And um, it obviously, when you're distilling on your own you got to give things time to age before you can go to the market, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Unless so how, you do like a lot of these guys and just buy it and put your name on it. Well, a lot of people will do blends until theirs is until ready. Theirs and ready, yeah. and that's, you know, we've seen that happen a lot. Did you guys do any of that or did you just wait for your estate? No, age? we just waited. We decided to wow. go the old many, school route. And How many expressions do you have at this point? Oh, man. Uh, of the whiskey itself, uh, we've got rye and bourbon in the barrels right now. Our uh, barrel one of our rye program just hit three years we're going to wait till four um and then decide when those guys think it's ready to release so we got a rye and a bourbon in the works we've been experimenting with some uh finished uh products we're gonna be barrel finished products uh-huh. we're gonna taste our honey barrel finished i was i was sneaking a peek at that uh, bottle while. earlier yeah that mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. we got a port barrel um finished whiskey sort of in the works right now uh-huh. so that they're not, they're not quite ready i tried to get uh my partner to let me bring some up, but they weren't quite they weren't quite ready to let it out of the house. Now, when, yet. Uh, when he's talking about a finished barrel, this is just for uh, those who are a little uh, newbies to whiskey or uh, don't know all the terminology. When he's talking about finishing, that means you take basically what is a finished product and then you put it into a barrel that had another finished product, something else in it, right? right. And, and let and that it takes on some of the characteristics of, flavor, yeah, of what's soaked into that wood. That's right. That's yeah, right. So. Exactly. So, uh, so in addition to whiskey, now and we're talking whiskey today, but you guys also have gin and rum, uh, and and you do more Couple than different just, cordials. Yeah. yeah, more than just distilling uh, whiskey. So that's we're seeing that actually as a trend. I think mm-hmm. with a lot of the. Um, of the craft distillers. Unless like, you start with a big bank account yeah. and can afford to just sit there and wait on it, you know, you got to do something to get the cash flow going. Because you're able to take some of these spirits to market while you're waiting for that whiskey to age. Right. Clear yeah. spirits don't require any aging. Exactly. So you exactly. can make them, so. bottle them, and sell them right away. Well, what are we going to start with in terms of tasting today? Uh, that's a good question. You guys, I was going to ask you guys about that. Oh. I brought our. Um, our flagship, which is our 90-proof straight malt whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I also brought um, uh, the cask strength uh, version of that as well, which is it comes right out of the cask at about 126, 127 mm-hmm. proof. That's big. Then you water it down to get to 90. And then, I, and then lastly, I think we'll taste the honey barrel finish, which has a great backstory. I'd love right. to share that let's, with you let's when the time with is your, right. Uh, with your uh, flagship expression. Yes, absolutely. Let's I'm do assuming that first. these three come from the same distillate and then are finished different? or uh, Well, everything. Well, one's that, barrel strength, obviously. Right. And everything that we do is. Um, is single barrel. Mm-hmm. We don't do any blending at all. So that's really interesting. I, I remember seeing that on the on the website. It's like, you know, there's got to be a temptation. Not that there's anything wrong with blending. There are some great blended whiskeys out there, but I love the fact that you guys are like, nope, we're going to let you taste what every one of these well, is like. So single barrel. That brings up yep. an interesting point. Like a lot of people will blend in house to keep their flavor profile as consistent as possible right. correct that's right so that's that's and that i don't know is that con, that's not considered a blended whiskey when you're blending in-house right 
I don't know. Great question. I know we'll have to get. We'll I have think, to. I think a blended whiskey. Reference the experts on that. A blended whiskey generally is when you're taking expressions different, different expressions, together. putting them Correct. together. Uh, you However, know. Um, I think like like I said, if you go to a place that you know when you uh, drink, for instance, Buffalo Trace. You expect Buffalo Trace to always uh, taste like Buffalo Trace, and they have to do some in-house blending because of the variations in. Right. They try to hit a very specific uh, flavor profile right. every single time. So the the fact is, a lot of places put out uh, a, a, a very specific expression called a single barrel, meaning this mm-hmm. is going to be a little different, and it's right. usually a little pricier and a little. Right. You guys are just doing single barrel. That's. Yep pretty amazing it really is and also is attractive to me in the fact that that means every time i pick up a a spirit hound i know that there's going to be some variations in it and it's going to be interesting which is kind of cool our our whiskey is very consistent you know we definitely have our house flavors right but the difference from barrel to barrel is very nuanced and actually the most popular thing that we sell across our bar at our tasting room is a flight of several different barrels of our whiskey, right, and they taste the same, but the the nuance, is, right. and people Little get off. They they really get off on, uh, you know, picking out the different expressions, the different notes. One of them might be a little bit smokier. The vanilla might come through a little bit mm-hmm. more on this one. You know, the honey note on this one is really outstanding. So they really have a good time. They'll pick their See, favorite, and that's the bottle they'll take with them. Absolutely. That to me is interesting, and I'm going to bring this down to a very base level. Okay. Okay. Um, I like Tex-Mex restaurants, mm-hmm. and I love really fresh salsa, and I love going to a place that has great salsa. But you never know what it's going to be like from day to day. Right. It's a little bit different. Because it's a little bit always, different because they're making it fresh every it's day. It's always that kind of good. It's always going to have that and same basic that flavor same, to right. it. Right. Because they're using the same ingredients. And that, and I love that to me. I love the diversity of that. I love the fact that there are the nuances and the differences in flavors in whiskey and, and things like that. I think it's awesome. And I, I now, you're welcome to pour this, uh, Wayne, or I can pour it. It's up to you. Hey, it's your show. Whatever you want. Uh, well, here, Are you going? Is that the, this this is the barrel uh, proof, this is right? The 90 proof. This is the 90. The, the small the, bottle there in your hand, that's the uh, uh, barrel proof or cast strength. Okay, so we'll start with the 90. Start this guy. So you guys ready? Yes, yes let's do all it. All right. Yeah. All right. Can we, and, oh, oh. <laughs> didn't get a sound effect out of it. That's all right. We'll do it. So we'll this it would be barrel time. number uh, 97. So I love that they know the number of the barrel. That probably awesome. knows each barrel personally. Yeah, that is absolutely has a relationship. Awesome. Yeah, I would I would imagine so. <laughs> I very intimate personal relationship. If it were me, you know you know how some people talk to their plants, right? If I were a master distiller, which of course I'm not, but if I were, I would walk around the warehouse and talk to the barrels. <laughs> I Each totally one. Oh, we would. pet them, we rub I them, totally we whisper would. in their ear, yes. we talk to them, I totally we sing would. to them. So, uh, you know, when you were talking about people coming into the uh, tasting room. And you know, tasting the different expressions and 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 you know, noticing the subtle nuances. To me, that is what makes this fun. I mean, it's not just about drinking. It's not just about let's have a whiskey. It's about the. I think you handed me your beer. Be- <laughs> Were you getting some banana notes from the uh, from the whiskey there? It smells more whiskey like. There you go. Um, the that aroma coming out of there. It looks very similar, by the way. It is. It, but it's interesting to me that. that that's what makes this. I hesitate to use the word hobby, but that's what makes it kind of a, a hobby. It's what makes it a a pursuit and an interest rather than just I want some whiskey. You know what I mean? Well, that was the whole idea. Is we really embrace that ultra small batch approach and you mm-hmm. know the fact that we could do it at this level. You know, and you're one of the co-founders of Spirit Hound, correct? Yes, sir. So what made you start into the whiskey business? Because this is a few years ago, so. Yeah, I refer to myself as um, my partner's enabler. In fact, <laughs> I think my next round of cards, I'm going to put Craig's enabler on there. <laughs> uh, it's quite 
a little bit of a backstory there. Um, yeah. I was in the uh, beer business on the sales and distribution side for about okay. 10 years. It was a little brewery that started in Lyons called Oscar Blues. Yeah, I think I may have heard of them. Mm-hmm. Heard of that one? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Dale's Pale Ale. Yeah. Dale's Pale Ale started in my uh, partner Craig's uh, garage. He was a home brewer. That's you are awesome. kidding me. <clears throat> this guy is one of those savant type guys that wow. I just hate his guts half the time, but you, I'm really glad he's on my side. You know, for They make y- bicycles, too. Uh, for years, that, Beers, that was... builds cars, makes yeah. fine wood furniture. They make really nice bicycles. And if I'm Handmade not mistaken, telescopes. It's ridiculous. If I'm not mistaken, oh, was, yeah, wasn't yeah. it the first... Uh, Craft beer to we, to be widely available in cans was yeah, I uh, believe Dale's, it was Dale's the, Pale Ale. Yep, that's right. Yep. That's I think it was the first one. Yeah, they're, they're I think old so. chub. They claim the so first good. one. Oh, so, the old so chub good. is great too. Yes, very yeah. good, very good. Well, Just, so so he went from being a so he, Greg a, a, was a, a brewmaster um, to trying his hand at distilling. He huh? was a double E and. Um, research scientist with Bell Laboratories and Lucent Technologies, <laughs> took a, an executive buyout package. So by the time he was 35, he was basically retired, moved with his family to our little town. And there was one place to go, We little burger joint called Oscar Blues Grill and Brew. And they had some craft beer, you know, some Colorado beer that was available mm-hmm. at the time. It was back in the mid-90s, but they weren't brewing beer. So Greg used to give uh, the founder of that place, Dale, a ration of shit because he <laughs> he wasn't brewing beer. He said, yeah, hey, right, and you call right. yourself a grill and brew, but you're not brewing beer. But so you're not brewing, yeah. Finally, Dale talked Craig into coming and saying, all right. So they found this little brew system uh, that would fit in the basement and uh, brought it down, and Craig became the brewer. The first beer they brewed was um, basically Craig's homebrew recipe, uh, which was his hoppy pale ale. And it didn't rhyme with Craig, so they named it Dale's Pale Ale and forevermore known as Dale's wow. Pale Ale. Wow. And that was his homebrew recipe. That was his homebrew recipe. Okay. It was yeah. the first beer they, beer they brought down and scaled up, you know, to do on this little commercial system. See, I, I think I upset uh, Wiki Brian, our, our regular uh, listener, uh, when we were talking about homebrewing uh, on a previous show because I was talking about how <laughs> most of the time when your buddy says, hey, want to come try my homebrew? You're like, sure. And you take a drink and you're like... Yeah, keep at it, dude. Uh, but wow, if your homebrew became Dale's Pale Ale, yep. I mean, that's amazing. I remember the first one I had, I thought I was drinking, I thought it was the best thing I ever put in my mouth. Uh, it's unbelievably good. I yep. mean, that's just... And the, back in those days when it was just there at yeah, the pub on this little sure, three-barrel system. And you couldn't necessarily go out and find beer that good everywhere no, either. No, yeah, no, you so, couldn't find anything like that. Uh, but, so what got him uh, interested so, in distilling Yeah, instead? I guess that, you know, that goes way back. I remember back... In those days, he would say, man, I bet this would make a really good... And he was talking about the Scotch Ale, which ultimately turned into Old yes. Chubb. Yeah, said, I love I that. bet this would make a really good whiskey if we could distill it. So I remember those conversations. So that was something that he had always wanted to do. Flash forward, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, and we're still buddies. Neither one of us are with Oscar Blues anymore, and we're looking at different concepts of businesses that we could potentially do together. Um, just kind of had a you know desire to, to work together, do something yeah. together. I knew he was a freaking genius, and if I got on board, it'd probably be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But um, at one point, I said, "Well, what if we do another brewery? You know, we could we could make some beer." And he said, "Yeah, you know, but what I've really, really, really always wanted to do." And I mean, he's like clapping his hands and jumping up and down, and his eyes are all bright, and telling me what he really wanted to do, you know, was to steal his whiskey. And I thought, well, this is the smartest guy I know, and this is what he's always really, really, really yeah. wanted to do. Yeah, you. I know attention. how to get it out to market because I was on the sales and distribution side of Oscar Blues for a long time. I thought, well, I can help you do that. Let's do that. So 
That's awesome. what, that's the way it started. Wow. Can, can I uh, can I tell you? I've been researching this um, since we've been doing your homework. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so smooth. It's so delicious. At ninety proof. This is so incredibly smooth. You don't even get you don't even get that whiskey hug heat until after like you've uh-huh. experienced the entire aftertaste of this. Like we call it the whiskey hug, but yes, <laughs> like that, that little heat that comes back and gives mm-hmm. you a warm fuzzy. Yeah, that's um, this is so smooth and ridiculous. Like this is way too easy to drink. How do You're you not kidding. That? You're not kidding. And it's it's one of those things that can make it a perfect if you've got one of those friends who's really just getting into whiskey, a perfect one. To get them to taste early on, oh, yeah, because you're absolutely. not blowing them away with you know a really high sort of an ABV. You're not you're not you know knocking them over the head with something. Uh, you're not you know giving them something heavily peated like mm-hmm. Ian might do. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a perfect. I don't want to call it or a, malort. A, yeah, or malort. <laughs> I you know, I don't want to refer to it as a starter whiskey because I think you can drink this like. Well, this, this is way, way more forever. complex than what yeah. you'd call a starter whiskey, but it also is very, very approachable. Very approachable. Very approachable. That's Thank you. That's, that's exactly right. Very approachable. That's exactly right. So, um, uh, so this w- was this the first uh, distillate? The first thing you guys put together was this one? Yeah, that was. And I was going to mention also um, that uh, one thing that also Sorry separates us and I think can contributes to the um, – complexity but also drinkability of this is we built our own stills nice and we've got these gorgeous just works of art uh in the distillery that uh craig and company uh designed and and built themselves so so pretty amazing very completely unique to us you know you you hit it on the head there it's it's very approachable but it's very complex as well and that's what that's what i think is you know it's kind of like if you're going to give somebody a first whiskey, but you want to give them a really good one, this is a great place to go because this is one I would keep in the bar like on on an ongoing basis. Uh, I think I think it's just spectacular. Now we have um, we're also going to do the Colorado Honey, which is the straight malt whiskey finished in Yosemite barrels, and the the straight malt whiskey. What's the difference again between uh, this first distillate and the other two? So this guy is... Um, that's the straight malt whiskey. That's also the straight malt whiskey, but at barrel proof or mm-hmm. cast strength, which mm-hmm. is about typically about 126, 127 proof. So, okay. so straight out of the barrel. So to get it down to 90 proof, you're basically cutting it with water. Mm-hmm. Right. And in Colorado, we're lucky because the mineral content is almost perfect. So certainly the quality of the water contributes to the drinkability and character of course has been trying it, to tell us this for years a little years, minerality yeah. in the aftertaste and i really love that it, yes it adds a little bit to the complexity a little flavor a little uh, uh yeah a, a little and leaves the mouth watering a little bit all right so when so we go to this, this we'll go to this in the next segment okay uh but but i, I really i really just want to stress that what's wonderful about the 90 proof is that you get the complexity without having to go to the higher proof. Now it'll be interesting to compare exactly. what happens when you're uh, when you're not, you know, diluting it to get uh, to get to ninety. Um, I did want to ask you real quick before we go to break, where what states is Spirit Hound available in right now? So basically, just Colorado and Texas. And Texas, okay. Yeah, That's we have a little family connection in Omaha, Nebraska, so we send some out there for fun. But as far as markets that we're really focused on, it's Colorado and Texas. That's interesting. Colorado and Texas have such a unique relationship mm-hmm. uh, between the two. I mean, uh, you always hear about how 
people in Colorado don't like the Texas people who who move there. Uh, but for years, I mean, way back in the day, before craft beer, people from Texas would drive to Colorado, load up their car with Coors, and drive back. I mean, there's always been a bit of a, a give and take between these two states. What made you guys pick Texas as your first sort of place to it's all, expand? Let me just say right up front, we love Texans. Okay. Love them. Love them. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot, lot of synergy back and forth. But um, our little town is Lyons, Colorado, mm-hmm. and it's on the main thoroughfare up to Rocky Mountain National Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky Mountain National Park is the number one tourist attraction in the state. So we're right on the highway. So in the season, there's, I forget what it is, a million people a week or something crazy like that rolling through rolling right past our area right down yeah. the highway. We've got a big old whiskey from Colorado sign up there. And we did some demographics on the people coming through, just kind of an informal survey, and more than half of the visitors that were coming through the tasting room were from Texas. Were from Texas. Wow. Yeah. I had a and without it, you know, without fail, they would always say, man, you guys get, get this down in Texas. you got to get it down here. Yeah. So I, I think there's it. an affinity, you know, from, you know, people from Texas like things from Colorado, and Coloradans, in my experience, love Texas. So you think I've got family down here, man. I love rival- coming down. You think the rivalry is maybe over, overplayed, overstated? <laughs> I, I think it's one of those like sibling rivalry. Like, okay, you, uh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you love to beat up on each other, but you love each other. All right, that's good. Well, we're going to love some more of the uh, Spirit Hound whiskey uh, when we come back. Plus, as promised, we'll be tasting the Hoof-Hearted brewer, uh, Brewing uh, specialty, and it's called "Thanks for Letting Us Play Here Tonight." And we'll be getting to that. Plus, uh, uh, twenty-three cigars that are smoking exceptionally well right now. I feel like you keep teasing me with that. All right, we'll do it next. Smoking and toasting. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Smoking and toasting, show number 100. And 50 with our special guest, uh, Wayne Anderson, who is the co-founder of Spirit Hound Distillers. Um, this is um, a, a big deal because it's show number 150. It's nice to, uh, nice to be able to get, to, to get this far. I want to uh, send props out to uh, uh, Wiki Brian, who asked me on the chat, uh, have you ever had a banana cruise? Lots of banana in there. <laughs> did I did I was I was I saying bananas have a lot of bananas. Was I flavor. saying there was a lot of banana? Was that was that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, uh, real quick, twenty three cigars that Cigar Aficionado says are ex- are smoking exceptionally well. Right now, see that's that's the thing. Right you now. add right now to a headline, and it becomes more clickable. I think you know uh, yeah, it's clickbait, right? You know what cigar was smoking uh, really well right now? What's that? The cigar I was smoking earlier when it was right now. Ah, uh, when it was right now. Yeah. Well, that uh, that worked out pretty well for you, didn't it? Uh, so let me go down this list. These are all 23 cigars that are smoking exceptionally well right now. They rated 80 cigars in six categories. Of the 80, 23 of them scored 91 points or higher. So those are the those are the ones in question here, the ones that are smoking exceptionally well right now. 91 or higher on cigar aficionados, pretty pretty high uh, pretty high. Uh, 
pretty high score. It does sound so immediate when you say right now. It's right like, now. Get in the chopper. Go grab yourself a Room 101 farce. It's a Lonsdale. Right now. 94. Right now. 94. Can we have monster truck voice yeah. on that? Well, well, you can just show a picture of Matt Booth, I think, would be, <laughs> would be the thing, because he's the Room 101 guy. Right, okay. Uh, that uh, that has tobacco from five different countries: Ecuador, Indonesia, uh, Pennsylvania uh, in the U.S., the Dominican Republic, Republic, Nicaragua, and Ecuador. So you talk about a blend. That, my friends, is a blend. Room 101 farce. It's a Lonsdale. Guess what's second on the list? The Punch Diablo Scamp at 93 that? points out of Nicaragua. Right now, the Aladino Toro, and you and I have both had mm-hmm. this cigar, and I couldn't agree more. Rated uh, 93. It's Honduran. Uh, Julio Arroyo was the uh, the master blender behind that, and uh, those guys are awesome. The Gran Habano La Conquista Gran Robusto from Honduras uh, at 93 points. The Aging Room Cuatro Nicaragua Expressivo. I've had this cigar. It is wonderful. Really, really right good. Right now. Right now. Uh, the Hoyo Silver Corona from Nicaragua. The San Luis Rey Herfing Exclusivo Medio Oriente. And I have not had this cigar. Don't know anything haven't about even, that one. Yeah, haven't even, I don't know if I've even seen that one. I'm going to go, have to go hunting for that. Uh, La Rialtos, the first. And as Ian will be quick to point out, La Rialtos is Spanish for... The Rialtos. Yes. Uh, that is also from Nicaragua. Scored 92. Black Label Trading's Last Rites, Petit Lancetto. The Partagas Serie D from Cuba. So this is interesting. First Cuban cigar on the list. I, you know, I have some of those points. in my humidor, and they're you, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can invite me over anytime. I think I've given you some. I think you have, actually. I think I've still, still got one of those in my humidor waiting for just the right occasion. Uh, Eastern Standard, The Cypress Room. Not familiar with that uh, cigar. Cornelius and Anthony, Cornelius Lonsdale. I have had this cigar, and it's wonderful. Uh, the Punch, Punch 48. Uh, that's a Cuban cigar. Uh, the H. Upman Corona Mejor. Uh, that's a Cuban cigar as well. So is the Punch Royal Coronation, Tubo. Uh, and so is the Monte Cristo Petit Number no. 2. All of those Cuban cigars, uh, and all coming in at a 91 score. On Cigar Aficionado. Uh, the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Number no. 2 from the Dominican Republic. Mm, I just reviewed that recently. Scores a 91. Yep. Yeah. The Monte Cristo Open Master. Uh, the Timeless Pan American Epicure from Nicaragua. The La Flor Dominicana 1994 Mambo. The 601 Blue Label Maduro Robusto. Uh, the Viaje Exclusivo Nicaragua Leaded Robusto. And Rocky Patel's Old World Reserve Maduro Toro. Rounding out the list of 23. That whole so, uh, Old World Reserve series. Is it's so just good. fantastic. Yeah. Just absolutely fantastic. I had, the, uh, I had a Cameroon in my uh, humidor the other day and had that, and it was yeah. so good. Fantastic. So you wanted to know the 23? There's the 23. A few. Uh, what I like about that list, and you can find it at cigarfishnado.com. Mm-hmm. What I like about that list is that you have probably had some of those, but there's some on there you probably haven't, and I love that because it gives you some uh, some new fun things to chase down. You know? Well, I uh, yeah, I just recently went camping this last weekend, and um, and uh, frankly, my humidor is getting a little bit light. Oh. I need to go shopping. It may be time. It may be time. So um, one of the things that I wanted to mention is that this um, this straight malt whiskey. We've actually had this on the show uh, before from Spirit Hound. This is the one that that Chris uh, Hart, our buddy who nobody cares about, uh, brought on the show and. Um, I I, I want to say I recall us being really blown away by it, Ian. Um, tell me. Oh, we enjoyed it. Yeah, tell me absolutely. Uh, tell me, is it uh, is it is it re- so I think revisiting that, that with you? The one that we had on the show was the one we tried a minute ago, right? 
was the no. I thought it was. I thought it was the straight. I thought it was this one, the straight malt whiskey. Oh, maybe. Well, yeah, but I think. I think you guys got the 90 proof and the cast. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Then as well. This, if I remember um, right, you tasted both of them. This is um, delicious. I actually am enjoying the cast strength a little more because I like, I like how robust the finish is on it. Well, it certainly brings more heat. It's got the same yes. complexity oh, of flavors, but it certainly brings more heat because this is what? It's 120 proof? Uh, that's almost 127. Wow. So it goes into the barrel. At 125 proof, and you actually have to dilute it down. It comes out of the still. It's around 130. So to get it down to barrel proof, 125, you blend it with a little water. Okay. So everything goes in at exactly 125 proof. But what happens is, as you know, over time, well, the evaporation happens, and the alcohol content actually goes up. Mm. So we have to be very specific each time. So this is barrel 103, Mm -hmm. right? And... uh, it's in there at 63.3% alcohol by volume. So that's 126.6 proof. So it's almost 127 proof. Wow. Wow. Well, you can definitely it's, feel the heat that it's a higher proof. Yes, the heat's there, but it's amazing how smooth this drinks. I was going to say, yes, because I've had some other things recently that are in that general area in terms of proof that are not this smooth. Yeah. And that's, that's remarkable. <clears throat> That's really remarkable. Yeah, um, we're really proud of it. Um, do you sell it in these smaller uh, bottles as well? We do. Up in Colorado, we sell that. We're in Texas. We're just trying to get a toehold established. You know, mm-hmm. get some of our core brands. Uh, right. So the whiskey, obviously, and then hopefully, as we gain a little bit of traction, a little popularity, we'll be able to bring some of this more okay sort so of you, esoteric right. stuff down. Sure, sure. And it's interesting because with the, uh, have you got that? You don't have that right in front of his face in the camera, do you? Nope. No, okay. <laughs> I think actually I split the difference just about right. We're going to let Perfect. it sit there and do it. Amazing, this. though, that this whiskey is also Dang. only a couple nice. years old. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, most of what we're bottling now is closer to, to three years old. Um, the minimum to claim straight malt, straight whiskey, mm-hmm. or straight bourbon, or straight anything, according to the feds on your label, it's got to be a minimum of two years. Okay. And it's got to be a new barrel. It's got to be a full-size barrel. It has to be a white American oak. Charred on the inside, 53-gallon barrel, new every time. And in that instance, you can claim straight on so, your label. So are you taking any of this? Obviously, you're bottling some of this. But are you taking any of this and continuing to let it age that will be oh, yeah. uh, a, a longer um, yep. longer We've done a couple of uh, bottled and bond uh, mm. expressions, which, um, again, back to the TTB, it's a minimum of four years, and it's bottled at 100 proof. Um, so, yeah. Our oldest barrel right now, I think, just hit like seven years old. I think barrel number one. By the time we're ready to bottle it, there might not be any left because everybody no. keeps sampling. Keeps sampling just, a little number bit one. Here, there. <laughs> now we had we had barrel number six when we started, so that's uh, you know you got barrel number one still uh, still existing in the Hanging warehouse. Out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 that's pretty cool. And and how many bottles does a barrel translate to? Just for uh, people who have no idea what like we say barrel all the time. How big is a barrel? How much liquid does that uh, have? It's 53 gallons. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, it's in there at 125 proof. And then if you cut it down to 90 proof for us, to uh, to 90 proof, uh, that equates to about 300, 750 milliliter bottles. Mm-hmm. About wow. 300 bottles. Well, I will tell you, and, and this is 
undoubtedly the same thing I said when we tasted this before, but this is just absolutely That's delicious. Fantastic. It's it's really got so much character to it and so much um, so much subtlety when you begin to sort of uh, pick out the flavors. And really, the only difference between these two, to my palate, is just the strength of it. I'm getting really almost the same this flavor one, though, profile. You know, this one though has like. I- I get almost a cinnamon spice on the end with a little chocolate on the finish. Mm. It just really, or maybe malt instead of chocolate, although maybe something in the middle, but it's really, really good. It, maybe that finish instead of the more the minerality, the water Yeah, a little less of that mineral one. finish that the mm-hmm. other one had, which is also delicious. So I mean, you, obviously you can't go wrong with either one of these. Boy, you're not kidding. What is, what is a, uh, um, a bottle of your 90 proof uh, retail for? So I was just doing a little survey in specs uh, yesterday, and it's about forty-five bucks. About forty-five, mm-hmm. and then uh, in Colorado, because this in Colorado the, that guy retails for about thirty-five. Wow. Okay, and that's uh, that. That's I, I three seventy-five milliliters. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say for three seventy-five. That that's really not a bad price at all uh, for a uh, uh, for a straight malt whiskey. Uh, it's I, I'm just I'm just really impressed though at the complexity. That's mm-hmm. to me. That's what really makes this stand out. We've had a number of other whiskeys that we could mention that have had great flavor. This has the great flavor, and to my palate, at least, I'm just pulling out different things that I don't always pull out. So that's I, I don't know how you I don't know how you plan for that. But that's that's the part of the distilling process that I don't understand. This is how does your master distiller how does how does he go. This is what I'm shooting for, and so I'm going to prepare it in this way. Well, it starts with a, a great mash. I think <laughs> right. the, um, the the brewing background and the sort of attention to detail on that side, mm-hmm. when they're actually brewing the mash, mm-hmm. translates directly to uh, the distillation, the, the finished product at the end of the distillation process. I, uh, I'm 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 blown away by that, both on the craft beer side and on the uh, the distilling side, the ability to say, okay, we're going to craft it this particular way because this is the end result that we're looking for. Like, I can understand that in so many different fields. Uh, it's hard for me to even, well, because I didn't pay attention in chemistry. So, um, <laughs> uh, it, but it's hard, it's hard for me to even, uh, to you, but that's what, that's what makes these guys so good is their ability to, to actually do something like that, and he's done it both in the beer world and now in the whiskey world, which is had even a couple more, of grand slams in both instances. Even awesome. more impressive. Yeah. That's uh, that's just absolutely fabulous. Well, I'm I'm uh, super impressed by this, and I, I just uh, uh, I got I got to have some. So this we can't get except in Colorado. I think I might leave this bottle here with you guys, but yeah. Ian, arm wrestling. I see an arm wrestling match coming. <laughs> you know, up out in the, uh, <laughs> I've been down here all week, kind of running around the market with um, some of our distributor reps and talking to a bunch of customers. And obviously, the whole uh, desire for the cask strength is a thing down yeah. here in Texas. Oh, People yeah, are, it is. It's a thing. People are asking for it, and I, I think you find that a lot in Houston. And personally, I blame Chris Hart. Chris I think Hart. He's the, There's I that. think he's the, the person reason. nobody cares about. Yeah, yeah that's right. About. See, see how quickly he picks up on that. On. <laughs> uh, no, but but I think I think that uh, you know when I uh, when I have gotten together with him, I always bring out my sort of normal whiskeys. But he always has something really exotic and cast strength, and 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 you, you know, can't buy it. And you can't, can't buy it, it anywhere. Yeah. Even when and Chris and I both 
have a, a real appreciation for rum. And even there, I go, wow, I found this really good rum. You can buy this like right, right at Specs. And he goes, oh, well, here's some from the British Royal Navy uh, that you have to buy in a keg from you know the UK. I'm like, I hate you. I just hate you. That's it. That's it. Um, but uh, but honestly, um, this is this is really fantastic. I want to I want to come back to this, and I'm really curious when we get to the. Uh, the whiskey that's finished in honey barrels, and how that will impact uh, this this flavor and what it what it will mean. We do have uh, some beers to taste as well. We're going to take a quick break and come back. And I got to talk to you about Dayton, Ohio, because I'm really troubled. And usually, I don't spend more than two three minutes a year tops thinking about Dayton, Ohio. But now they're you've beaten me by like. Th- by 2.5 minutes yeah honestly you're you're not going to be happy with this so come back and uh, and share this with you uh next is show number 105 smoking and toasting and we'll be right back Uh, 150 150 it's the whiskey blame the whiskey (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so good thanks guys delicious thank you didn't scare you Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 150. Uh, I sobered up during the break, so I, I got the number right. We were dancing. Uh, yeah, and, and you look good doing it, too. Uh, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Avenue, Houston, and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Bacon, 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 bacon. Man, uh, the bacon's so good there. Uh, uh, and so, so are the steaks, but we're just so hooked on that bacon. I'm actually salivating thinking about it. It's so good. <laughs> the steaks are high. Uh, yes, they Fort are. Worth. Every yeah, penny. Yes, worth every penny. And the bacon is just fantastic. Uh, we're the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're talking about all three today. But, um, Ian, I'm not even sure this is legal. But let me tell you what's happening in Dayton, Ohio. The Dayton, Enlighten o- me. Dayton, Ohio, city of Dayton, as of July 15th of this year, will no longer hire you for any job. Whether that's you know working in the city office, taking you know uh, taking payments at the window for people's taxes, or whether it's you know working on the roads or working, they will no longer hire you if you use tobacco. Think about this for a second. This is um, that's pretty amazing. My question, okay, so here's the first thing that pops into my mind. Yep. <clears throat> so aside from the initial outrage of. Anyway, I'm not even going to get None into None of your that. business. All right. <laughs> so I bet they hire people that smoke marijuana. I bet that is not included. Well, it wasn't mentioned in this article. I, I bet it that. wasn't. Yeah. Because I bet that they're looking forward to uh, that whole industry coming into their state. Yeah. And their city and everything else. And just like California, where you'll get a ticket, and I'm not joking about this. You'll get a ticket if you're smoking a cigar on the street, but the guy next to you smoking a joint, and this is not even a joke, I can't make this up, will not even get an eye batted at. Right. Like, no problems with that, but do not smoke a cigar or a cigarette on the street. I I, I just can't figure where, and, and I know what this is about, by the way. It's about insurance premiums. Because I I have believed now for a number of years that most people, problems in society in the end come down to insurance companies i think insurance companies are but, responsible but they're for most on of your the side Ills. yeah 
yes, so they are. Isn't that a slogan uh, from one of slogan. those? They're on your that's side. That's a slogan, yeah. I don't believe they're on your side. They're not on your side. If you've ever dealt with an insurance company that you have paid thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars yeah. into their uh, insurance and not used, and then one time you need it and they are up your butt well, trying listen, to figure out what you did wrong. Because of the way yeah. that insurance works in our country, and I'm, I don't want to politicize this, but insurance is a uh, it's a private industry. It's a private company. Yeah. Therefore, and there's nothing wrong with this at its core, but therefore they are like any other business. They're designed, they're looking to make money. I have, Just like Home Depot is and in, just like Walmart is and, and Amazon and anybody else. In 2001, I bought a brand new truck. Yep. And it was a nice one. And uh, when I had 517-ish miles on it, 517-ish <laughs> miles, a lady rear-ended me. Mm -hmm. When I went to pick up my truck after insurance said, oh, we'll take care of it, not a problem, they put a used bumper on it, a refurbished bumper, mm -hmm. to which I guffawed loudly. I said, no, this will not be accepted. Well, your vehicle was used. No. Yeah. I was had it to used when you them. started paying those premiums? I had to hold them to the fire to put a brand new bumper on a brand new truck that had five. Now, I'm not talking about 5,000 miles. I'm talking about 517 miles when it got hit. Wow. And they tried to put a refurbished, jacked up looking bumper. Like, I could tell that this was bondoed back together and repainted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm telling you. I was uh, like, no, and this is insurance. This is. Oh, we're supposed to put you back where you were when you started. Well, that's going to devalue my vehicle. It doesn't matter whether it's health insurance, everything else. Insurance is there to take your money and then question you big time mm -hmm. if you ever need to use their product. There are people that every insurance company employs to try to make sure that what they pay out is as small an amount as possible. Yep. So they are. Uh, they are tasked, that's their job, with keeping your amount of money that you get in an insurance settlement from being any larger than they have to make it. That's their job. It's not about taking care of you. They are not on your side. You are not in good hands. That's all advertising bullshit. But I'm willing to bet, back to the beginning of this conversation, they yep. will not hire smokers right. unless it's marijuana. Yeah, absolutely. I bet that won't be a problem. But think about Which, this. Which, by the way, is still federally illegal. Right. But think about this. If you are a, um, a person who's applying for a job there, and last week you had a cigar on your patio, you're not going to pass the screening, and you're not going to get the job. Now, in one thing I'll say in fairness to them— they're not going to start screening people who already work there. So if you've already got the job, you're basically grandfathered. Oh, you're grandfathered in. Yeah, yeah. Well, but if you are, how how magnanimous of yeah, them? Yeah, how, how nice of them. But here's why I really worry about this. This is a trend. This is going to become a trend. They're going to become more and more companies because in the end, it's all about money. It's all about greed. They don't want to pay higher insurance premiums. And insurance companies, those greedy bastards that they are, 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 are on your side. Yeah, who are on your side, are jacking up premiums if there are tobacco users. I guarantee you this is going to get ugly. But see, it, it's almost like the only people who have no rights in the country right now are people who smoke. If you're a smoker, you are a pariah, 
And people who don't smoke don't want you to smoke in their building. They don't want you to smoke in their town. They don't want you to smoke on their sidewalks. They don't want you to smoke in your own car. They don't want you to smoke at your own home. All right, hold on. couple things. Didn't you mention that there's an article uh, where uh, uh, there are bars popping up that have no alcohol? Yes. Those need to go to... Uh, to Dayton, Ohio. Yes, they do. And, and, and it'll be, be perfect. with the non-smoker yeah, crowd. It'll be perfect. No, so uh, this is this is funny because I think the whole non-smoker issue. I don't think there are a bunch of militant people out there on the ground that are so militant against uh, smokers. I think this is a politician issue and a perceived issue that they're turning into this huge thing that smokers are this great pariah. The truth is, almost everywhere I go and smoke a cigar, and you know, there's always a, fa- a fallibility to this, but I would say in the 90% range, if I show up somewhere with a cigar, I will always ask people around me. I'm like, hey, do you guys mind if I smoke a cigar? No one ever minds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, as a matter of fact, in the last year, I don't think I've had anybody that goes, no, I don't like that. I have, however, one time found a place that was away from everyone else, lit a cigar, and was about a third through it. When when a couple came up and sat down next to me and then proceeded to complain about my cigar. Mm -hmm. And I have... Absolutely, no problems telling them where to go with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Why would well, if if you were there first and you were already smoking when they yeah, walked up? It's <laughs> they can choose a different place. That's exactly all I'm exactly. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's move from um, something you know from Ohio that I don't like to something from Ohio that I do, and that is hoof-hearted brewing out of Columbus. This is spelled H O O F. Second word, hearted, H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Yeah, hoof-hearted. Yeah. Now, our our uh, a good friend. <laughs> I just got it. Our hoof-hearted. good friend. <laughs> On paper, they look yeah. like they're really into horses. Hoof-hearted. Yes, exactly. That's right. Hoof-hearted. Uh, our good friend and, and uh, um, tech wizard, uh, John Whiteside, uh-huh. is actually relocating to Columbus, Ohio. And I have been giving him endless crap about it because I said, you need to realize that Columbus, Ohio is the most boring city in the United States of America. But, but didn't we just get him back? Oh, yeah. Well, he, we just got him back. But he, and he's still, he's still working with us. But he's, he's relocating. His wife uh, has uh, been hired by uh, University of Ohio. So, oh, congratulations. So, yeah, yeah. So awesome. it's a good thing. They're relocating. But he's still involved with us. He'll still be in here all the time working and all this stuff. But they're moving their residence to Columbus. Now, I've been to Columbus, Ohio. I've been to Cincinnati. I've been to Cleveland. Cincinnati and Cleveland have got heart and soul. These are like working class towns where people like, you know, just you can go into a, a corner bar and meet the most interesting people. And they have, you know, crazy things that they do, like, you know, chili on hamburgers and, and crazy Cincinnati stuff. Cincinnati people yeah. are tenacious. Yes. Like, talk about a city that yes. had a football team that hasn't won since when oh that's cleveland but yeah uh yeah that's cleveland browns like <laughs> like ever but but here's what i'm going to tell you columbus ohio is populated by primarily people who work for insurance companies it is the most bo- you go and stay in a hotel in columbus ohio the artwork on the walls is boring it is the most <laughs> it is the most corporate boring town i've ever been in so i've been giving johnny all kinds of crap about it but apparently there are some interesting things happening in Columbus because Who Farted Brewing is in Columbus, and they have released uh, a, a double dry hopped pale ale called Thanks for Letting Us Play Tonight. And, uh, Ian, I'm going to show this to you. You've got to love the can art on this, and you have to put that on, Mr. Oh, Torlegan, my God. So that people can see it. But with you being a musician, I knew you'd appreciate the— uh, Hold on. This, the, this needs closer screening. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, it's just one of the coolest cans that I've ever seen. I particularly like the guy farthest on the left who has that long shirt coat jacket thing that hangs uh, all the way down. That's just, to me, that's just, that's brilliant. I feel like I know all four of those guys personally. <laughs> I really do. And I've hung out and, and had beer with them. So so this should be interesting. Maybe you can go ahead and uh, do the honors, Ian. I'll pass you some cups over, and we'll try this. Not uh, surprising. It's a, it's a double It's a double dry, dry hop, hop yeah. from who farted. From who farted, exactly. Makes a lot of sense when you think about it. But uh, uh, I'll pass you some cups, Ian. You can right, do the honors here. We're going to do some uh, sound effects here. All right. Let's, let's give it a shot. Ooh, oh, that yeah. was that was good. That was that was almost as good as. Uh, it's, it's still not as good. Uh, <laughs> as last week, he last he week. was the master. He he really was. Our guest uh, last week was a uh, was a beer enthusiast and sound effect genius, uh, and he was uh, he was a good guest too. We enjoyed having Adam Purple on the show. That was um, a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, we we had fun talking beer. It was wonderful. I'm going to pass that over to Adam. I think somebody's been drinking the drinks that I've been passing over to Adam all, all day. I don't think he's had uh, any of what he I passed over to him. He hasn't had a single one. <laughs> so, uh, so this is a double tri-hopped pale ale, and I will tell you from the uh, from the first look at it, poured out of the can, I'm guessing this is very juicy. You Oh, you can smell it from yeah, a Yeah, you really away. can it's smell the hazy, juicy it. style. It smells like mm-hmm. pineapple a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Mm. Like, is that... Uh, has very much of a pineapple yeah. vibe to it, yes. And the same thing will happen when you drink it. Uh, you'll taste the pineapple. A little bit of citrus, uh, but definitely... Uh, oh, this is good. Definitely some pineapple. That's quite delicious, isn't it? Uh, so it says, thanks for letting us play tonight. Double dry hopped uh, pale ale. And then it has a quote, I want to wash that man right out of my hair. Trevor sung into the mic as he made a break towards the bar top and send him on his way. Okay. Swinging around on the shoulders of a stout and increasingly indigent older Japanese woman, he lost his grip and fell face first over the bar and into a mound of galaxy hops. This is in the this is on the can. You're reading this from the can. Just just when you thought he'd be down for the count, a hairy set of knuckles emerged uh, over the surface of the countertop. In its grasp was half a Mai Tai with a microphone as garnish. But they made me wear a wristband, he screamed as the waitstaff fireman carried him out. Oh, as the waitstaff fireman carried him out into the parking lot and back into the wild. This is this is right off the can. I can't make this up. I was going to say I don't know what any of it means. Given but, enough time, I could make it up. But, but I, I don't maybe know by the end of the can, if you were enjoying hey, you this all, drink a couple of all these. by all by yourself, you, Ian, it's five point five percent though. It's not it's not that yeah, big. Not like, it is delicious. But, but you though. nailed it with pineapple. In fact, there is yeah. I don't know if if you take another uh, another sip of this, you'll notice once the citrus kind of goes away at the end of the flavor, there's a really Really distinct pineapple vibe going on. Very much, very much. The citrus is so big on the end, it, it almost immediately masks the fact that there's kind of a hoppy funk in the middle of this. Yes, there is. In, yes, there in is. a really good kind of funk mm-hmm. kind of way, but mm-hmm. there's a kind of hoppy funk, and then it just kind of gets uh, uh, moved out of the way by the citrus and the and then the pineapple happening uh, after I'm that. telling you, we liked the last hoof-hearted that we tried as well. So it, it, this is... Uh, uh, John Whiteside, once you get to Columbus, <laughs> you got to go visit these guys because they have got it going mm-hmm. on. They have got it going on. If we have anybody uh, uh, listening who's from Columbus or, or who has lived there, I'd love for you to chime in on the on the uh, chat and, and give us some give us some feedback. It'd be interesting. Um, I dig it. I dig it. I think this may be a limited release, uh, but one of the things you'll find if you go on the Hoof Hearted website is that all of their can artwork is super interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if they've all got stories like that, but that's a pretty good story. I'd have to I'd have to assume this is limited because uh, most of the time a limited release it's not printed on the can; it's printed on a label and then stuck to the can. Yeah, and as we found out, and that's what's happening here. Yeah, so. and as we yeah. found out with the ingenious guys, some guys that's that's all they want to do. Right, is limited releases. They're well, not it's necessarily because they don't, doing. They don't do. Well, they change their stuff up all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, guess, I think he said they have a, a very small core line, but they change their yeah. stuff up all the time. All right. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to taste another beer, and this one I know, Ian, you're super excited about. It's the Lost, Lost Abbey, Abbey Ghosts in the mm-hmm. Forest. It's an oak-aged wild ale with guava. And so it'll be interesting to see how that, Maybe works with a little of this whiskey. Lost Abbey. Uh, and little we Tommy have, Arthur action? Yeah. Wayne Anderson is the co-founder of Spirit Hound Distillers. Uh, he is our guest on the show. I'm going to ask you uh, when we come back uh, where the name of the distillery came from, and uh, we'll taste also some of your delicious-looking Colorado honey. Straight malt whiskey finished in used honey barrels. We'll be back. Uh, it's smoking and toasting. Thank you for listening. Nice. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 150. And we're celebrating by having beer and really, really good whiskey. And I think that's the way that it should be. In fact, I'm going to propose we celebrate 151 the same way. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Does that work for you? <laughs> that, uh, I just have to say on that uh, bumper music that we use in yeah. there, man, there's so much flutter on the delay on that guitar. Uh, you know, I don't know why, and it doesn't sound that way when you hear the show, but for some reason it sounds that way in here. So. That's a lot of times intentional in music, yeah. though. You dial yeah. that amount of flutter mm-hmm. in, and it sounds like an old tape. Kind yeah, of yeah, weird... kind, of, kind of a vibe, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, we are uh, so glad to be here on show number 150 with Wayne Anderson, who is a co-founder of Spirit Hound Distillers. We're going to get to uh, one more whiskey that Wayne has brought in. But first, I have to say that if you are a fan of Patron, uh, especially of their really good cigars, which are their super expensive ones, yeah, it's going to get more expensive. The good news is not by uh, a lot. The increase is going to be roughly uh, $0.40 cents per cigar. But... That means, you know, the uh, Patron uh, family reserve 45 years now has uh, a suggested retail price of twenty seven fifty. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, but in you fairness... You know what, though? What? It is that good. It's it, still worth it's it, yeah. It's such a good cigar. In fairness to Patron, most companies are, uh, are increasing their uh, prices. I will say it's worth it, and some have not announced yet. But it's worth it to go down the list and tell you the companies that are not increasing prices. Because do you have this list? I do have this list. Oh. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you who's increasing, just because that would take a lot of time. Right. Because it's a lot of people. Uh, and some people have not announced. But some people have announced there's no price increase. No price increase for crowned heads. No price increase for La Palina. No price increase for Miami Cigar & Company. Uh, no price increase for Casada. And no price increase for Tatuaje. So there you go. There's, there's. If you want to go out and support some of the people who've decided not to increase their prices mm-hmm. this year, those are some guys you could go out and support. And there are some others that I'm sure will be no increases. They just haven't announced yet one way or another. A.J. Fernandez Cigars hasn't announced, and Ashton hasn't announced, and Arturo Fuente hasn't announced, right, and so right. on. So, um, so anyway, but, but yes, Patrons are going up as if they needed to go up. Because they're expensive. Yeah, they are pretty darn expensive. And I've talked about this on previous shows. Like, 
these days, I'm not real crazy about the cheaper Patrons. No. They seem to not be... Uh, I I actually just only bother with the higher-end Patrons. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really it. And they're generally they're wonderful. good. Yeah, they're, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. There's no, there's no question that they're good. But, and, as you said, probably worth that money. But And here's the thing. How much money does it take to make a cigar? Now, well, okay, this is I, a great question. This is a great question. So there is a lot to be said. It goes through a lot of hands, that 300 hands that uh, that they Well, you and I were both say. amazed when we were at the Aladino factory that a cigar could be made for, you know. $10, $10 or $8 yes, exactly. or $7. I, I was mind blown. I, coming out of going through the factory and all of the things from from now we are seed. talking about premium cigars. Yeah, here. we're not talking right. about like right. You know, but but from seed all the way to boxes. Right. Like it's like how could they possibly offer a cigar for five or six dollars? I don't know how they do it. That's it's pretty amazing. However, thirty five dollars. Yeah. Like, how much of that is the name? Right. How much of that is the quality control? Because well, quality control has to have a lot to do with that. You're absolutely you right. You know. Like well, when you jack your price up that high, and you sell a cigar, it better not fall apart. Well, it better not canoe. It better not smoke absolutely. uneven. Absolutely. And it one of the reasons one of the reasons we've been so hard on Gurkha on this program absolutely is because there those Gurkha cigars are not cheap, but they have not been well made. Had a for the last several years. Had a conversation with a friend of mine this weekend while I was camping. He loves yeah. Gurkhas, and he goes, "What do you think about them?" I said, "Frankly, I said flavor wise, I think Gurkhas are fine." They're always on the lighter side, generally, mm-hmm. and, they're, and the flavors are okay. I said, the problem is construction. I don't trust Gurkha cigars, and I'm not going to put my money into a cigar where I trust it. I don't trust them because their quality control is low. Now, there are certain series, mm-hmm. you know, yes, where they're where made the quality in different factories, seems the to be higher. control yeah. is really high, that signature series, the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember what they're called, but the... Um, Make a picture of the label. Anyway, but there's there's a few series of Gurkhas. That but are, if you're buying the Beast or the Ghost, you or, can't buy them anymore. Yeah, you they can't. They just explode. They just fall apart. And he goes, "Well, yeah, that happens to some of them." I said, "Well, the bottom line is, if you buy ten of them and four of them fall apart, well, you should have just bought cigars from someone else that cost more, right? Because you get to enjoy the same amount of cigars, you won't be frustrated, right? Exactly. You know, and that's my problem is I don't want to spend money on the on the fact that it might fall apart. I want to spend money on the fact that it's unusual if it does. Right. And cigars are kind of unique in that way. Yeah. Because if I buy a a bottle of Spirit Hound whiskey, unless I just don't particularly like the distillate, I mean, chances of that are really low. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like it. It's going to be a certain level of quality. What's going to set it apart is... If it really excites the palate, you really get something extra special out of it. But the chances of you buying a bottle of it and it not being good at all, like a fall apart cigar, are very low. Right. Know? Because and 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 your company's like like you guys are gonna make sure that you have consistent quality from bottle to bottle. Even right. if even if you have some flavor differences because you're all single barrel, they're gonna be nuances and they're all gonna be in the same profile and they're all gonna be yeah. similar. You're not so gonna So unless I just don't like what the the master distiller was going after. I'm going to like the whiskey, right? You know, I mean, that's like so. Cigars are so weird like that because you can buy a box and you know, hey, if one of them falls apart, I get that. Mm-hmm. Even if they're kind of expensive, yeah. But if more than one of them falls apart in a box, that you know, like 
I'm sorry. I'm wasting my money on that. Even cigar. if smiling guys with goatees are involved, it happens you sometimes. <laughs> smiling guys with goatees. You know, you know where I'm going. I'm being nice. I think nice. we have one more whiskey to try. Don't I we? think we do. Uh, we have one more whiskey and one more beer. Which one do you you want to go first? Let's go whiskey and then go beer. All right. Uh, this is the Colorado Honey. So uh, go whiskey ahead shot and with a beer back. Yeah. Go ahead and tell us, uh, uh, Wayne, what uh, what this what this whiskey is all about. So yeah, this has got a great backstory. Uh, again, as you mentioned before, it's our it's our finished two year whiskey. Um, but we had a local um, beekeeper, apiary oh, they call them. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's local to you in Colorado, right? Yeah, like 10, 10 miles up the road. Okay. Beekeepers. It's a big thing up there, keeping bees, <laughs> making honey. That's starting to become a thing whole, here in Texas. Too. Yeah, like, there's, a, there's a lot of hippies. Like in when you're driving down the road now, you always see like local honey. Yeah, yeah, local honey, right? Yes. Yeah, so, my my partner wants to have a, a form a band and name it local honey. local honey. He thinks it's a great band name. Uh, but but so you guys had uh, local honey being produced right up the road from you. Yeah, so it's one of those things that it's you know almost like an accident was it an accident but it, you know yeah some of the times the best things are right. kind of unexpected and serendipity right of, yep so these guys came to us they're friends of ours and they their thing was to make flavored honeys so clove honey raspberry honey these different flavored honeys mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what they were doing whiskey to infused honey sort of the so they wanted to make a whiskey flavored honey i love where this is going mm-hmm. so they came to us and said hey guys we want to make a whiskey flavored honey can we buy one of your used whiskey barrels because we have to use a new barrel with right, every right, batch. Right. Most of the time we sell them to breweries. Right. You know, who, the whole, who like to do the, the barrel-aged beer barrel thing. Aged, sure, sure. Yeah. We're going to have a barrel-aged beer here in a minute. Mm-hmm. So these guys go, uh, yeah, we want to make a whiskey-flavored honey. Can we get one of your barrels? Yeah, of course. You know, So we give them a barrel. Actually, they bought it from us, which is a great thing. We get a little revenue on the backside mm-hmm. for uh, for the used barrels. But um, filled it full of honey, chock full to the brim with honey, and then literally they rolled it around every day for about 100 days. Then at the to end of the time... To get it to infuse properly. Yep, right? yeah. yep, exactly. And so um, at the end of the time, they dumped it out and scraped as much honey as they could to get out of it, to get out of it. So, of course, there's some residual left over yeah, that's mm-hmm, kind of stuck mm-hmm. to the sides and the top and everything that they couldn't get. Some of it, I can imagine some of it kind of crystallized. A little sticky, a little crystallized, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of a forgotten thing for us, but they called back and said, "Hey, we're done with this. What do you guys want to? What do you want us to do with it?" And bing, light bulb goes I off. Hey, this. let's get that thing back. I love this. Did you so, get? Oh, nice. <laughs> Did you get to taste any of the honey? Oh yeah, I should have brought you guys some. Too. I mean, how that was it? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah really I bet. good. I bet. Yeah, really, really good. I bet. Nice. Yeah, if I'd been thinking, I would have brought a bottle of honey with you. Well, with, we're not complaining because the bottles right. you brought have been really good, awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So this so we is dumped the honey, so we dumped more whiskey more back whiskey in the back barrel. In the and barrel. so, like you were saying earlier, finished the whiskey in the used honey barrel. Okay. And clearly, this experiment worked because this you didn't just do one barrel. Uh, it's become very popular. Yeah, yeah very yeah. popular. We, so, so now you now you send the barrels over to the beekeepers and say, "Hey, how quickly? Can hey, you make have more these? honey, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how quickly can you have these filled with honey? Yeah. So, all right. that's kind of what's going on. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we're well, selling a ton of it out of our tasting room, and oh, we put can, a little bit out in the market in Colorado, and mm-hmm, it disappeared mm-hmm. overnight. You so can smell good. that honey influence oh, right it's, off it's the top. Wonderful on the nose, isn't there it? There you go. Yeah, wonderful. That's on Mr. The nose. Twirly gig working for you right there. Yeah, that's like this thing. It's very home shop. Network, but we like it. Well, that's yeah. it. There we go. There we go. Yes. Right out of your face. There. So, um, 
so you're right, Ian. On the nose, boom, honey. Yeah, yeah. It's got that. It's it which makes really, sense. But it's really yeah. interesting with the whiskey, uh, with the inherent whiskey smell in it, because it's not a real cloying kind of smell either. It's not no clovey or any of those kind of things. It's very organic, but very whiskey and honey together. So it what I'm saying is it doesn't smell like a lot of the mass-produced honey whiskey. Well, that's right. the thing. People think right away, oh, that's, honey whiskey, you dumped yeah. a bunch of honey in No, and there's no, no, what's no. the one, I, I I won't even name any names, but there's been a few on the market recently mm-hmm. that are just so bad. You could use And they're it. so cloyingly sweet. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like you could like open the bottle and you're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. It just smells like syrup, but not in a good way, like, like bad syrup. This well, smells like honey and whiskey. That's well, been the so, only real sort of, not roadblock, but... You know, feedback that people get right away is, "Oh, I don't like that. I've tried that." Right. You know, it's no, it's you not that no. kind of. Let me say, you yes. haven't you haven't tried this one? Oh yeah. my gosh! And it yeah. just keeps blossoming in the yeah. aftertaste. Well, what what I love about this is that first first taste, you get the honey right up front, then you swallow, then here comes the whiskey hug, and the whiskey hug is all whiskey, all whiskey. But and then, then here honey. comes honey again, and yep. it's uh, that it, that's what you just love about things that have this mm. level. Of complexity to them, but uh, but see, this isn't this isn't like a honey whiskey because mm-hmm. I think that that's that's the misnomer in the name. I think that's probably what you guys are up against. Exactly, like, you say honey yeah. whiskey is like whiskey with honey added, right. where you get that cloying, sticky, sweet. It's like it's it's almost like a um, like Syrupy. a liqueur, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. it's not good. And you know, uh, well, this is runs down the bottle. This is straight um, malt whiskey that's just been finished. With That's the, honey the difference. It's got a honey finish to mm-hmm. it, and and that really, really works uh, so much better, doesn't it? And it works so well with the profile of this whiskey, anyway, because this all starts again the same distillate. Yep, that malted barley has a little natural sweetness yeah. to it already, mm-hmm. and this just helps kind of accentuate that. I love the malty flavor. Well, uh, this is yeah, this is absolutely so delicious, and it's so. I'm I'm almost afraid to say this about a whiskey. It's so easy to drink, so oh. smooth, so easy to drink. Fantastic. I, I just wish he'd have brought you some bottles to take home. I know. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that... Uh, <laughs> it's too bad he didn't. All right, Ian, I'm going to hand this over because now I'm curious. This is either going to be awesome or it's not going to go together at all. Uh, but this is the Ghosts in the Forest Oak-Aged Wild Ale with Guava from the Lost Abbey, who uh, is quickly becoming, in all my right. mind... One of those breweries that can do no wrong. Remember the big bottle that we had last yes. time? This is the baby version yeah, of it's it. The it's baby, so cute. the baby lost Abby. Yep. So you got to love these guys. Tommy Arthur would be a great guest on your show. He's a really nice, engaging yeah. guy. And yeah, yeah, awesome guy that started Lost Abbey. Really yeah. good dude. So you're familiar with these guys then? A little bit. Yeah, spent okay. a little time out in California oh, in, the, in the beer days. So that's great. Back in the day. That's great. We get After another- the show, I'm going to see if you can talk the uh, uh, the Oscar Blue guys into giving me a bicycle. <laughs> oh, that's right. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. Ian's, Ian's the big bike guy, so here you go. Ready? Nice. Oh, Ian, that was that was your that was, best sound effect ever. That was that was pretty awesome. That was really, really good. Okay, let me give you some cups, uh, and you can... Uh, you can. Am I smelling that wild ale just from you popping that oh, top? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, I smell yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it, like, it's made its way all across the room. And I'm and I'm right now like nose deep in in uh, uh, this wonderful Colorado honey whiskey. So, uh, wow, that uh, this well is that be last that last Lost Abbey that we had, I still have a bottle of it at the house, and it is, I I'm just coveting it. It's so it's so good. I, I 
I enjoyed it so much that I love just knowing that I own knowing that, that it exists in your refrigerator. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's, that's great, you know. And that's something that actually happens more with spirits than than with beer because with spirits you can open something oh. and taste it and go, "Oh, I'm so glad I have this in the bar," because you still have a whole bunch of it left. Oh, but man. with the beer, generally once you open it, it's uh, done. It's gone. Yeah. So uh, so this is a wild ale. Oh uh, man! It's uh, Ian. You've already done your research, so you start. You know. So here's the thing, too. It goes well with uh, the spirit. Now I haven't gone backwards. I haven't gone spirit yeah. to beer yet. I was going to say, yeah, I didn't it know it goes if it would. in one direction. In one very direction, well. it goes very well. And now I'm going to have now. to try this. I'm going to. Here we go. Like, so you're back to the honeyed whiskey now, to the Colorado honey. Oh my gosh, it's brilliant! Wow. And I didn't know about this because like, honestly, that is brilliant. There, are, there are some of these beer and spirit pairings it, you can predict. This was not, out not the one earthiness, of them. like that real earthy honey, like natural honey mm-hmm. flavor in the whiskey, mm-hmm. um, and brings out a little more sweetness in the whiskey as well. Mm. That is absolutely brilliant. Mm. Yeah, because the beer is rather tart. Yeah, and then right the honey, it's nice. Wow, that's pretty amazing together. Says there's an aura of mystery that occurs when we close the doors to our barrel room. No one can say for sure what happens each night, but it's obvious <laughs> there are spirits, ghosts, if you will, uh, working their magic. We're not sure how many inhabit our oak forest. At present, there are five large foders and more than 1,200 oak barrels for them to hide in, around, and behind. To this day, no one has managed to see one during the day, but our nighttime brewers hear whispers and a sensation of unnerving drafts of wind arriving out of thin air. It's as if the ghosts want to be seen or at a minimum acknowledged. After 11 years, we felt it was time to give them their due. Nice. Nice. Yeah, this is a this and this that, is a that 6%. may be all made up, but I still like it. You know, <laughs> it's a beautiful story, and that's yeah. what that's what matters. This is it's a uh, bunch of bull, but it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's exactly. funny is I don't get the guava really uh, heavy in this. I get, I wonder if it's because of having just had the the whiskey with the honey. It could be. I mean this this is it, an it, exceptional beer. It really is. Um, and and by the way, they made this beer without the guava. So this is a variation of that. In other words, they made this wild ale oh, without the guava. The last one so had. this is that wild ale with the guava. So it's mm. that's what makes this one uh, a little bit different. But uh, you know, it's I, fascinating. I don't know that I get a lot of the guava. There's a little bit of um, there's a little bit of uh, a fullness in the in the very back of the flavor here that I can taste a little bit on the finish. That maybe I'm not uh, uh, pinpointing as much. Mm. But uh, it sure is delicious. <laughs> well, guava is one of those. That's one of those fruits that is so like succulent. Oh wait, wait! Know? Right now, like just on the retro. Yeah, hail, like, see, there just, you go. There you go. Like way, way, way in the aftertaste mm-hmm. on the retro hail, it just went. Mm, there's a little bit of that. That's you got to be patient for it. It is yes, good. Yes, you do have to be patient. Uh, Wayne is with Spirit Hound uh, Distillers. A couple of questions, Wayne. Uh, Spirit Hound, the name, where did <clears> it come from? Well, talking about esoteric spirits. Yeah? Yeah. It's a long, deep, meaningful story behind oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, is it, I just don't have enough time to Was talk there to a specific hound <laughs> uh, involved? Yeah, his name was Buck. Buck, okay. Yeah, Buck the hound dog. But, you know, the whole um, spiritual nature of the universe, mm-hmm. spirits, the higher spirit, the higher. Right, right. And, and this all is a spirit. Yeah, there you right, go. Yeah, right. yeah. Got it. And your, uh, your old hound dog. Nothing more loyal. Nothing more. Uh, wow. We we didn't do uh, a giant marketing survey. 
Mm-hmm. We just it just sort of popped out one day. Wow. And we all liked it. So Wow, Ian, they didn't do a giant marketing survey. It's almost like they're real people. It's all, yeah, it's almost like they're actual craft distillers instead of like huge companies buying right, So craft. one of the things, if you watch our show on any kind of regular basis, we always have to laugh at giant companies that spend a ton of money on marketing surveys and get a bunch of information that they have absolutely no idea what to, what do, to do with. What to do with, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, like, like Budweiser or Bud Light and their um, ingredients label. Yeah, yeah. They did, a, they did, they spent... They spent millions of dollars on millions. research to like discover that's a conservative estimate. Right, millions to, di- of dollars. to discover that people wanted to know what was in their beer, and their response to this was to put an ingredients label on the twelve pack box of Bud Light, which, by the way, did not include um, yeast. Yes, or rice. Or rice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How it I said water, malt, barley, and hops. Well, wow. Thank you. Now I know what I'm drinking. I mean, it could have been grape nut cereal yeah. because that's like the same thing, they minus also, the water. They also didn't mention weed killer, which is in their beer. <laughs> but somehow that got left out. Anyway, so Spirit Hound, you didn't do market things. You mm-hmm. got this great name. I love the logo too. It's got this great little flow to it with the with the dog. On with there. the dog, yeah, I love it. That's have awesome. you guys considered? I mean, Colorado. I would say, you know, we'd love to claim it here in Texas, but really. Colorado, Oregon, maybe Washington State, those guys almost hold the crowns for craft brewing. Yeah. Certainly where it started and yeah, right. gained the I mean, momentum just, and it notoriety. Just seems, so, uh, just seems so prolific there. Have you guys thought about, or, or maybe you do, is there any concept of teaming up with a particular craft brewer, letting them use your barrels and and doing something that's more of a collaboration as opposed to just selling uh, selling or renting the barrels. Yeah, we've got a few of those things going on okay. where the the brewers will actually come into the distillery and mm-hmm. they'll talk about you know the profile of the beer they want to make and the characteristics of it and you know and collaborate with our guys that's you know, awesome. of what that grain bill should look like. And we've even had a couple instances where our guys will go down to the brewery mm-hmm. uh, and help brew the beer, actually be a part of brew day. Uh, so That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, we got a That's lot of so that cool. going on. Well, That's you guys awesome. do have some expertise in this area. Uh, you know, hello, they really just want to know. Hello, they, they, they want Craig to come and give them some tips yeah. at their brew house. <laughs> I totally nice. get it. I totally get it. Um, I would. I would love to see more uh, spirits and um, and craft brewers collaborate in a in a way that that we all know about. Not just them, you know, using the barrels and stuff, but something that comes out. A spirit that comes out or a beer that comes out as a collaboration between the two. I just think that would be really interesting, you know, and interesting things to How similar to follow. is the process of uh, starting a starting a whiskey? Do you uh I'm I'm sorry, I'm completely ignorant about how you actually make whiskey from the from the beginning, but I, I do know a bit about beer when you uh when you uh, make the wart for a beer. Is that very similar? It's basically the same exact exactly process. the same thing. Okay, yeah, you, so that's what I suspect. Cook the grain. To get the sugar out of it, right, and, and then, then you have the wort, yeah, you and then you it. let it ferment. Yeah, you throw the Where yeast in. Where does it depart after so, the fermentation? So what happens is to get alcohol to distill alcohol out of something, you have to have alcohol in right. the solution. So you make an alcoholic beverage. So basically, you make beer. In our case, you make about a ten percent, which w- what would be like a wee heavy uh-huh. style of beer. If you add hops and carbonation, you have a wonderful we heavy or scotch ale. Um, so the process of distillation is just evaporation. 
So what's your reason? I love those styles of beer. <laughs> you're through controlling the temperature, you're evaporating the alcohol out of the solution. Right. Alcohol boils off at a lower temperature. So by controlling the temperature, you're boiling off the alcohol, and it's a closed system. So you have you're you're boiling it right, and then the steam goes up, the alcohol vapor goes up. It's in a closed system, so, so you trapped. recapture it. Right. You you capture it and then cool it down, and it recondenses. And, and that's your that's your alcohol distillate, right? Yep. Wow, nice, nice. So what would be interesting to see is is a brewery that makes the that makes the wort and. And maybe we say, okay, like neck and neck, you go, okay, we make this and we make, we we use basically our formula for this beer and we make whiskey out of it. We use right, the formula right. for this. This was the formula beer for our beer out of it and then for our I'm Scotch ale. They you know, pair uh, together yeah. well. Like that yep. seems like a no brainer. That's kind of fun. Yep, yeah, we've actually done that a couple of times. There's uh, one of our good friends in Lyons uh, is the experimental brewer for BJ's Brewery. Which mm-hmm. is a, mm-hmm. a chain. I think you guys mm-hmm. have some BJ's down yep. here. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. All the experimental beers happen in Boulder, and the kid that is there, he's a freaking artist, genius type kid, musician, the whole bit. Lives in Lyons and is a good friend of our distillery. But yeah, he's done that. He's taken the exact sort of grain bill and recreated it at grain his bill, brewery. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I bet. See, and I bet. I bet if you sold that as a a little bit of a package that would be kind of cool fun yeah i don't know i'm just tossing ideas out there uh, I love no it. no I love you're it. you're dead on that that kind of thing that's what makes it fun you know it keeps yeah. the personal level to it and uh it's fun for our guys because it's something different and cool you know so it keeps the interest level up and you get to do it with your buddies so it's it's a lot of fun so wayne awesome. for those uh and delicious by the way for <laughs> yeah, those I bet. for those who are watching and listening in texas uh mm-hmm. this one is now available uh, at select uh, Texas retailers, is that correct? That's right. Uh, we got uh, a we got a handful of um, spec stores around Houston, and then mm-hmm. we've also a specs. growing number of the sort of smaller independents that okay. really focus on the on the, the craft uh, stuff on yeah. the craft side. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, uh, that guy that we can't name his name. Yeah. Oh. Talking about old, what's his name? Chris Hart. Who, Chris Hart. Yeah. yeah. Who nobody cares about. Yeah. It, yeah. I, you would not <laughs> believe how many times I heard that kid's name running around the market we, we were going into some of these select independent liquor stores and they oh yeah chris hart you know he's he's, yeah, he's everywhere he's part of our family so well, I, I drop his name all the time trying to get you know better seats and bars and restaurants and you know i tried to get into the astros game using his name it didn't it work, didn't work. No. Yeah, oh, yeah you guys are doing it wrong what you got to say is chris hart oh, i don't like that guy either <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you're in dude <laughs> they're like now you got a private box. You got yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually tried to drop dropping Alan Denny's name at a Rockets game. And I almost got arrested. I don't know. What, I don't know what that's about. I don't. I didn't ask. I just you know. I just decided to get out. So, uh, listen, uh, Wayne. This has been a great deal of fun. We love your whiskeys. They're they're really really just exceptional. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. These these should be in your bar. Some one or more of them should be in your bar if you're in a place where you can uh, where you can purchase these. And I'm I'm really glad that you're coming into Texas uh, with this product. And I hope you'll bring uh, more of your. Uh, Distillates into yeah, absolutely. Into I'll, as well. I'll bring the next round down, and I I wanted to say really thanks to you guys. Really appreciate you having me in. And, and as we were talking about earlier, you know, uh, more than half of the people going through our tasting room in the summertime are from Texas. So if you're in Texas and you're going to Rocky Mountain National Park, you're going to pass through Lyons, Colorado. So you might as well stop. And swing on in to Spirit right, yeah, Hound. Yeah, just yeah, out yeah. of curiosity, you've you've uh, uh, made the trip down to Texas. Are there any culture shock issues you've had so far? 
culture shock. I'll tell you what I love down here. Any Texan that you weren't expecting? I don't know what it is, man. The the um, energy level and the excitement. People are just into doing business down here. People are entrepreneur-oriented kind of yeah. and yeah. excited. You know, you're welcomed in. Um, you know, it, no, the the business environment, I feel, especially for what we're doing, has been really exceptional. That's you awesome. know, even in Colorado, you run into some situations, well, a little snooty, you know, oh, you know, it all, and who is this new kid coming in? But uh, down here, arms are open, and people are really engaging, and it's a lot of fun. Just you know, Friendly place. Yeah, like yeah. you guys. It's really cool, and thanks again for having me in. And speaking of really friendly, a uh, big thanks to uh, – uh, to our friend Chris Hart, Chris who Hart helped for, make sure that yeah. we got Thanks, Chris. This, that, that we got this uh, show booked and and uh, and Wayne, thank you so much for being on the program. We appreciate it. Uh, show number one fifty has been a lot of fun. We will be back next week with one fifty one, and we'll be talking about the artificial tongue that can detect subtle differences in whiskey. They say this breakthrough. It's AI. It's an AI tongue, and they say that this breakthrough will help to solve the problem of counterfeit whiskeys. Pretty interesting, huh? Um, absolutely a little speechless. Yeah, so, so we'll talk about the AI okay. tongue. That's the first uh, time I've seen that. Yep. Uh, coming, up, uh, coming up on another program, plus 11, alcohol, uh, 11 non-alcoholic beers that aren't that bad. I know that's... I know that sounds a little <laughs> underwhelming. Wait, wait, yeah. Wait, wait. yeah. But why? I will uh, share them with you next I, week. I heard a comedian years ago talk about non-alcoholic beer, and he goes, it's just for people who like to pee a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that, I think we will uh, close out the show. Uh, Wayne, it's been uh, it's been great fun. Wayne Anderson, Spirit Hound Distillers, look for this whiskey. It's good. It's absolutely worth it, and you will enjoy. Have a wonderful week, my friends. Enjoy uh, some fine spirits while you're at it. And and some uh, cigars and craft beer, and all of us wish you cheers. Cheers to you guys. Thanks so much, fellas. Really appreciate it. That's awesome. Nice, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing it. Really cool.